glad tidings to the poor and to proclaim liberty to captives. Hallelujah. Stirring this power of the gospel into flame in us, 
And this is, again, all the saints talk about, right, the indwelling presence of the Trinity. This is the, the torch of God's burning love within each of us um, to truly um, be burning with fire and love um, as, as the Lord wants to share that with us. And so asking Jesus, like, Jesus, may my heart be like a living torch, a flame of fire and love for you. And he goes on to say at the end of the scripture, for God did not give us a spirit of cowardice, but rather power and love and self-control. Do not be ashamed of your testimony to the Lord. This is something I invite us all, especially today in our day that we live, and what the Archbishop's wanting of us here, at least highly strongly encouraging us in our parishes, which is what we're doing here at St. Gerald's, right, is, is bringing people into a greater encounter, right, and forming disciples. This word, um, we hear it and we've heard it, but this is where the church is obviously being led by the Holy Spirit, is truly living as a disciple. Being a member of a parish doesn't mean you're a disciple. You know, being a member of a parish is not really what we're looking for. We're not looking for membership. We're looking for, we want people to belong to the church. Um, that means there's a deep a yielding to that flame of your baptism, the flame of God in us, um, as Paul and Timothy and all these great saints, you know, um, truly lived to give testimony. And they were, they were very courageous. If you look at the early Christians and the amount of persecution they endured. Well, in our own day, we have our own kind of persecution that we endure. But this is, we have to be um, very, um, um, very, very open to the promptings of the Spirit as disciples. And we have to be willing to stand up and be courageous. For the gospel. And one of the ways we can do that, I think, today that is very easy for us to do is the amount of negative gossip regarding many different things going on in the world today. It's for us to stand up if somebody, even in our own church or in our own family, if somebody starts going off on a negative tangent toward anyone or anything. It's good to recall and help that person to recall the reverence that should be due when we experience human failure and weakness. It's not something to be talked about and gossiped about. That's irreverent, right? That's, that's not the way Jesus would deal with people's brokenness. So we got to always be thinking, how can we stand up and say, you know, we really don't know the full story can't tell you how many times, you know, you, you saw the thing on Facebook or wherever, media, where everyone jumps on board with this thing in D.C. with these youth, and you look how people did not discern, and this is in many areas of our life, people listen to everything the media is saying, everything, you would think we would learn our lessons, um, and not just buy into everything that's being spoken by the news or etc., and I know this especially from working with couples that I help and counsel in different ways. Um, there's two sides to the story. 
And it's never just this person's side of that. It's always both and. We need to be courageous and prudent in bringing discernment into situations. And as disciples of Jesus, that's a simple um, action step that we can all take in bringing people into a greater sobriety with regard to the dealings with human frailty and weakness. Because I always say, you know, how does Jesus handle human weakness? One of the things I remember that is shared um, when, when Ann, um, Andalea Apostle in her book on purgatory, where she visited purgatory, she, it's called The Mist of Mercy. The Mist of Mercy is the book, and it talks about her journey to purgatory, what she saw and she wrote about it. But my, what's interesting is in this story called The Mist of Mercy, there's this mist in purgatory so that people can be respected as they work out with Jesus where they need still to be purified. It's not something like, hey, look at that person. Hey, look at that person. There's a, 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 a respect that God has for the challenge that we have in working out particular areas with Jesus before we can enjoy heaven, we need to be purified in those areas. But I always, it was interesting to me how the Lord provided this um, safe place where it's not just exposing everything. Hey, look at this person. Hey, look at that person. So not what we see sometimes in most of the time in our world. So proclaim God's marvelous deeds to all the nations. One way we can do that is restoring reverence to human failure and weakness and poverty. Not, you know, airing people's dirty laundry everywhere. Um, this is not the Lord. And it does great damage and really hurts Jesus in his heart and causes more division. So we want to pray for the graces to be courageous. If we need anything today in our church, it's courage. And it's courage to be reverent and respectful of the dignity of the human person, whether it be the unborn, the elderly, um, all throughout, um, through immigrants, um, whoever it be, there has to be respect for the human person. And it's at every stage of life, from beginning to end. If we as Christians were champions of human dignity, in that we embody through that, that torch is the burning love and reverence Jesus has in me for me and for others. So the way we love ourselves will always be the way we love our neighbor. That's how it works, right? So if I'm gossiping and being disrespectful to anyone at any time, and it's easy for us to be triggered or hurt and start saying things we shouldn't, then I need to realize I'm hating myself, okay? That's self-hatred because what I do to the least of my brothers, I do unto the Lord. And how I love others, I love myself. And if we can maybe keep that in mind, why am I doing this right now? Because I'm, I'm, I'm hating myself right now. Lord, I repent for not loving your body, for not being reverent for the people you put in my life. So let's proclaim, let's sing a new song. Let's sing a new song. Let's be that new song in the world. Um, there's hope. We don't have to be focused on all the negativity. 
You know, we can build up people. We can build up the church. We can build up our family, our friends, even people when they're negative. We can curve that conversation and brim it with confidence and boldness back to what God wants it to be. So, it says, The Lord appointed 72 other disciples, and he sent them ahead of him in pairs. And this is what we are. We're the 72. He's sending us ahead of him in pairs to prepare people's heart, to prepare the soil of the soul for the visitation of the Lord. And he says the harvest is abundant. He has so many souls, he's just waiting to gather and collect to bring to the Father's house, our Father's house. And it says here, but he needs laborers, and they are few, he says. So he's sending you and I out today after this Mass. We leave the church. We enter into our mission field. And, you know, Father Mark and I, we've talked about this, but, you know, he wants to get a sign made that we can put at the exit of all of our church exits or entrances. It says, when you're leaving church, it says, you're now entering your mission field. You know, to be reminded, as soon as you're driving out of the parking lot, you're leaving the church grounds and you're going into your mission field. And how are we to go? He says we're being sent like lambs among wolves. So does that mean when you find out that there's a wolf that you transform from being a lamb to becoming a wolf? We shouldn't stop being lambs. And it's always tempting to leave the lamb behind and become a wolf because there's a lot of wolves, so I need to be a wolf. No. Having courage doesn't mean you become a wolf. True courage is staying a lamb. Being a lamb. In the lamb. The lamb who takes away the sins of the world. So the lamb of God has a mission to take away sin. That mission is given to us through baptism, strengthening confirmation. To what? Continue to take away sin. What is sin? It's separation from God. It's disobedience. It's me, myself, and I, as opposed to how the Lord wants to love others. So stay lambs, remain as lambs. That's what a laborer is. Jesus is on the cross laboring as a lamb. He's forgiving, he's peace, he's mercy, he's grace, okay? Then it says, carry no money back, no sack, no sandals. He's basically saying, I just need your heart. I just need you and your yes and your heart. And he's saying what? When you go to a house or a person, and there's peace. He goes, let your peace rest on that person. But he goes, if there's not peace, let it return to you. And one of the lessons we can learn here is, do you let wolves rob you of your peace? We have to be willing to stand up for the Lord. If you're losing your peace over the news and the media, you're not in God's will, okay? It's one thing to be zealous about transforming lives, and it's another thing to lose your peace because of what's being said or what's happening in the world. Listen, it's as if when you're losing your peace or whatever it be, for example, with uh, you know all the stuff people write about Pope Francis, even Catholic stations and all this stuff attacking the Pope. Listen, I think God knows what needs to happen in each of us. And it's pretty arrogant for us to think, Jesus, I don't think you understand 
what needs to be done in church. So let us help you because you're obviously busy with other things. So let us take care of the papacy. That is so arrogant. That is not God's will. If God wants to remove a pope, God will remove a pope. It's none of our business. God is in charge, not us. And it's very important. Jesus, either he's lying or he's telling the truth. The gates of hell will not prevail against my church. If you're losing your peace, you need to check your spirit and you need to repent because you're turning, you're turning yourself into God and you're thinking that you have to do what you have to do. And then that just leads to more confusion and division and more gossip, more gossip, more gossip, more gossip. And it's totally not fruitful. So I challenge you to be in Christ, to stay in Christ, and to not fellowship with anything that the enemy is serving you to try to rob you of your peace. So I just challenge you to stay in the Lord. And, and Jesus in St. Faustina's diary speaks very strongly against anyone who speaks ill of priests, bishops, or popes. Very strongly. He says, when you attack my pope, you attack me. When you attack my bishops or my priests, you're attacking me. You might not like or agree with that, but how do we as Christians respond to uh, uh, this? We pray and fast. That's what we're supposed to do. Pray and fast. Pray and fast. Pray and fast. Our Lady, our Lord, always talks about power of prayer and fasting. So we want to talk about, but we don't want to fast. We want to talk about, but we don't want to pray. So I challenge you because, again, it's not as if anything's new under the sun. What, what we see as problematic, God, do you think it's like surprising Jesus that there's challenges in his church? He's, he knows He's fully aware. He knows what he's doing. So I just challenge you to be a disciple, to be humble, to be a lamb, not to become a wolf, um, not to become someone who causes more scandal and division. And that's Timothy and Titus are perfect examples today for us to live this mission out. So let us repent. Let us turn to the Lord. Let's be humble and let's build the kingdom, not tear it down. Um, and this again is spiritual warfare. So let's let's pray for the grace um, that we need to be um, humble and stay on the vine.